We welcome you to the media ministry of Denton Bible Church. I love that song, Is He Worthy? Is that a new song just for relatively four or five years ago, I think? Yeah. Um, it just causes you to think about the book of Revelation. As John the Apostle was receiving the, the vision that we have written for us um, in heaven, there was put out the word, who is worthy to open the book? It said they searched all over heaven and there was no one found worthy. And finally, they said, there is one, the lamb that had been slain is worthy to open the book. And so that's what Christmas is all about. We are so excited you're here. Those people who are joining us online, I want to always reach out to you. Uh, several people around the country are faithful to watch us. Th thank you for uh, tuning in with us today. I want to especially remember, if you would, tonight, those that are in the path of those terrible storms. I think it was five uh, states that were affected. I can't imagine tornadoes being on the ground for 200 miles. Uh, this devastation, a lot of churches were destroyed. And so would you, as we, uh, as we think about and we read part of this Christmas story here tonight, we just remember those who might not have a home to go to, might not have a church to worship in. Uh, that, that doesn't stop the church at all, though, does it? But just remember them at this Christmas time. In the Bible, we see bookends. We see the Bible starting in the book of Genesis. We see it ending this section of the, the inspired canon of the word in the book of Revelation. And there's a theme that is, it is there that acts as bookends in all of the scripture. And right in the middle of that, we're gonna see that it has to do with one of the names that Jesus would be called. God was gonna call him a certain name. And uh, so the title of the message here tonight is God with us. I want you to think for a minute, isn't it easier to go some places if somebody goes with you? I used to always ask someone, would you go visiting with me to see somebody in the hospital or see some of the young people of the church? I love to go watch them play volleyball or baseball, softball, football, whatever it is, and just be involved. I love, love to go where people work and just to, to see what they do for their career. And, but it's always better when you say, would you go with me? There were many times in my life, and I wonder about you, that you think, I need to go here. I need to see these people. I need to do something for them. But you're tired, and life is, is just really worn on you. And, and, but if, if you've made an arrangement that somebody's going to go with you, it helps, doesn't it? It's an encouragement. In the Scripture, Jesus sent people out never by themselves. The only one I can think of in the New Testament, the Apostle John was on the island of uh, Patmos for a while, he wasn't alone, was he? Uh, John was there with the Holy Spirit, but always Jesus would send people out two by two, at least two people together. Uh, two are better than one, the scripture says. For if one falls, the other one's there to pick them up. A threefold cord is not easily broken. When we think about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're in communion. They're together. I love that song. I believe in the Father. I believe in the Spirit. I believe in the Son. And they are perfect community. I asked a class this morning, do you think God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are arguing about Christmas in heaven? What do you think we ought to do this year? We did that last year. Don't you think we ought to? They are perfect communion. They are perfect fellowship. And they are our picture and our, our design that we ought to be also. But in that picture of the Trinity is community, fellowship. 
There's something about being together with others that makes us stronger, builds us up. The, uh, the marriage relationship, we are better in those who are called to be married. Those who are not called to marry, be married are just as fruitful and just as used by God. In fact, the New Testament says they can be used some other ways too. But if you are called to be married, uh, when God said about Adam, it's not good for him to be alone. That applies to most of us men. Did you know that? It's not good to leave that guy alone. <laughs> he needs some help. And it, God has made us where we need each other. And I need you. I truly mean that. Thankful for all of you here, those of you who come faithfully on Sunday night, and those who might be here for the very first time. I want to talk with you about God with us. This Christmas time, uh, it is my hope and prayer that many families can be together. Think about the troops that are guarding us and protecting us. Some of them can't be home. We sing songs, I'll be home for Christmas, and it brings up good thoughts or uh, I can't wait to see you at Christmas time. Right now, we've been praying for the last several months about several babies in the church that are critically ill, but praise God, some of those babies are doing better. Isn't that good news? And I've read over and over again in the posts of their parents, we hope that the little one can be home with us for Christmas. But what is behind that? What is that yearning to be together um, I had a friend from the second grade who's a pastor in New Mexico right now, several years ago. In the middle of the night, it was eight degrees outside in, in a cold winter's night, and he smelled smoke and got his family out of his house, and something in one of the cars had ignited, caught on fire, burned both cars, it burned the garage, and totally burned his house down. Lost everything. I tried to go back in our childhood and our, our uh, different pictures of uh, athletic awards and things that he was in, and I would make copies of all those things to send him. Some of you might have gone through that before, but I never have. I haven't lost all those uh, memories and those uh, sentimental things that, that I have. He did. He lost them all in a few hours. But something he told me about that night always has stuck with me. He said there was a friend of, his, of, of uh, a member of the church who was his friend, he came in the middle of the night. He said, I'm with sh I've got shorts on that I was sleeping in. It's eight degrees outside, and I'm watching all everything that, that we own burn to the ground. And he said, my friend came and stood right beside me. And he said, I don't even think he said one word. He just stood there all the time that I was standing there. And he talked about how impactful that was because that guy was with him. He just was with him. He didn't have to talk to him or explain anything or he didn't have to say, well, you're gonna get over this and encourage. He just, he stood, his presence was there with him and it emboldened him, encouraged him and helped him get through that time. Well, way back in the book of Genesis, the ch third chapter, you know what happened? Adam and Eve were with God. They were in his presence. They walked with him in the cool of the day. How cool do you think that'd have been? The one who created us, that we're going to be there one day. We'll get to sit down and see him face to face. They walked with him and talked with him just like you would your parents or your friends or someone else. Adam and Eve sinned. Both of them did it. They listened to the influence of Satan, but they chose on their own will to sin and break God's commandment. And they were put out of his presence. 
They weren't put out of God's ultimate will that he had for man, but they were put out of his presence. The Bible begins with God with us. God was with Adam and Eve. Sin broke that fellowship the way it was. And we're going to see that one of the very names that Jesus was to be named, Emmanuel, means God with us. And that's what Christmas is all about. God's chosen. I'm going to come be with you. I'll be there with you for Christmas. In Genesis 3.15, the proto-evangelium. I bet you know what that is, don't you? A long word that just talks about the moment that God in the scripture says, Adam and Eve, you both sinned. You've eaten the fruit that was forbidden. You ate of the tree I told you not to. You are gonna know spiritual, you're gonna know death in a certain way. You're gonna know death eventually. I'm convinced Adam and Eve weren't ever to die, meant to die in the beginning. But because of the wages of sin is death, they broke God's commandment. You're gonna know death. You're gonna know death in your families. But instantly in the third chapter, God said, but there's gonna be a seed of Eve, a seed of the woman who is going to crush that serpent's head and destroy evil completely. Instantly, when man fell, God started making a way for man to get back right with God. And what that means is that God was going to send someone to be with us. So the Bible begins with God's with us. Adam and Eve. It begins with, even if they fail, there's going to be one coming that's going to be with us. And we'll see how it ends in a few moments. Look with me there that that Jordan read to us in Matthew chapter 1. Probably very familiar with this passage. I want to talk to you a little bit about Mary and Joseph. The first question I have with you, for you is, was God with Mary and Joseph? If we're going to say God with us, was he with them? Let's think about what they went through. It says, Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Where could Mary go and talk with an older lady who had been through this before? You ever thought about that? She needs a mentor. She needs a counselor. I need to sit down with you and could I talk with you about what it's like to be a virgin mother who's never been with a man before, but you are overshadowed by the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. And I'm going to be the mother to the Christ child. What was it like when you did that? No one she could go to. She's the only one of all time that was chosen by God to bear the Christ child. Probably a 13 or 14 year old teenage Jewish girl. Now a Jewish girl in that, uh, that time always dreamed about being the one that God would choose. But was God with Mary and Joseph? Well, the Bible says there that before Mary and Joseph had come together, talk to you about that in a moment, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. So God is with Mary. He is literally overshadowed her, that holy thing inside of you, Mary, as she is with child, is part of God, the Holy Spirit. God is with Mary. Did you notice what it said when he was with Mary and had, uh, Mary had been a betrothed to Joseph? The way that Jewish people got married is not the same way we do today. Uh, here in, uh, uh, most of us here in America, now we have some friends and I know some people that, that have gone through arranged marriages. I've been asked before, do you believe in arranged marriages? I do. 
I just want God to do the arranging for me. I want to make sure it's the one that he chooses. And, but in our culture, you see someone, hopefully you get to know, some, uh, know them, you, you're attracted to them, you visit with them, there is a, maybe a courtship and whatever uh, amount of time that you may spend, you make the decision through prayer that you're going to ask that person to marry you. When my son got married about six or seven years ago, I said, uh, son, I, w- I want to give you two pieces of advice about getting married. I'll share anything else with you if you want to ask me, but I'm going to give you two pieces whether you, ask, uh, whether you ask me or not. And I said, one of them is ask her dad first. Go to her dad, show respect to the family, and uh, let them prayerfully know what's on your heart. And the second thing was I said, son, be a whole lot more romantic than I was when I asked your mom to marry you. And he did. He did it right. He had photographers and he had flowers and he had everything done really well. I will not tell you how I proposed to my wife. She's not here tonight. If you're listening, don't call in, Holly. But in a Jewish setting, there's three different parts of the marriage ceremony. There was the families that got together. Often, have you ever watched uh, Fiddler on the Roof? There was a matchmaker. And a matchmaker was a lady usually that looked around in the community and they said, you need to marry this one. And you were kind of bound by whatever her decision was. How would you like that? But there was a contract, a contract between families. We have agreed to give our daughter, to give our son for them to be married. And for one year, the contract was signed. They were counted as husband and wife partially That's why it says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. He was already with her, but they could not be intimate. They were bound legally as husband and wife. A contract had been made, but for one year, they had to live uh, with straining from a a physical intimacy with one another. How would you like that? How would you like that? You are engaged to someone, and but... You're considered married in all different circumstances and in different ways, but you could not fulfill the duties of a husband and wife for a whole year. The first one is the betrothal period, a contract between families. Then the second is leading up to the wedding night. And that is when you could be together as husband and wife, be joined together. When God joins together, he makes one flesh. And then the rest of that process was a a legal commitment and a fulfilling of that, the announcement. So there were three different parts of it in a Jewish marriage. Up until the time of the wedding night, the legal contract could be altered. It could be dissolved. We might use the word divorce, but when the word divorce was used there, it was not after someone was joined together uh, fully, but it was during this betrothal period. A legal contract could be changed. So I ask you again the question, was God with Mary? He was. That holy thing which will be inside of you, Mary, is gonna be the son of God. She asked the question, how can this be? I know not a man. She's the only woman of all time, the chosen one that God would choose to be the mother of our Lord. Ladies, how would you like that conversation to talk to Joseph about that, if that was you? You got any pointers? 
What would you do? You know, Thursday night, I need to sit down with Joe and talk to him a little bit. I got to tell him what's happening here. What would you think? Uh, a lot of times when Christmas time comes around, I ask everybody, how was Joseph's Christmas? You ever thought about that? Because he heard news that no man wants to hear. Mary says, I want to tell you something. I sure do love you. We're betrothed. We're legally bound, and I can't wait to be your husband, your wife for the rest of our lives, you to be my husband. Oh, by the way, I'm already pregnant. What would you think? Same thing Joseph did. Okay, wait a minute. Something has happened here. You've been with someone else. No, I haven't. Right. Can't you just hear him thinking about that? What would it have been like to go to his parents and say, hey, I, I sure do love Mary and I can't wait to be fully married to her, but by the way, I want you to know we're not married yet and we have not been together, but she's already pregnant. What would his parents think? Same thing you and I would have thought. What about Mary going to her parents? Have you ever thought about that? Mom, I want to talk to you. Dad, I got to tell you something. I sure do love Joseph. We're in that betrothal period. We're glad and can't wait to be husband and wife together, but I want to tell you something. We've never been together. I've never been with a man, but I'm already pregnant. Right. She had a message that no one ever before would have had to, to tell someone. Can you imagine? Sometimes when I go through some things, I can't wait to get my brothers and sisters around and say, help me. Think through this with me. Walk through this with me. What, are we, what should I do? Mary had no one. But one of the greatest things is the text that we're talking about here, not God was with her. And Mary, a teenage young lady, said, be it unto me according to your word. She didn't understand it. She knew that there was going to be consequences. What do you think her reputation was? What do you think Joseph's reputation was? What do you think both their family's reputation was? I can only imagine. Notice the next verse there. It says in verse 19, And Joseph, her husband... It already calls him a husband. They're in that betrothal one-year period, but they have not been intimate. Being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Now, Joseph doesn't understand what all's going on, but I love this about Joseph. He doesn't want Mary to be harmed. He said, I'm gonna do something about this so Mary's reputation and Mary's life will not be, she will not be mistreated by what others think of her. Uh, I think a lot of Joseph, I really do. This would be a putting away, uh, dissolving of that contract that I talked about. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So if I ask you the question, was God with Mary and Joseph? He was. He was right there. He was literally in the womb of Mary, but he was present there with Mary and Joseph. Don't be afraid to take Mary. Something's happening to her that no one's ever dreamed of before. It's been prophesied in the scripture. She's the chosen one, the handmaid of the Lord. You just don't be afraid. You go and make sure that you take her to be your wife. God was already with Mary and Joseph. Now, how was he with them? Two different ways. He was there in the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Because she's gonna be virgin born. The, Jesus is gonna be virgin born, born of a virgin. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her, that 
that Christ child would be implanted in her womb by the Holy Spirit. It's a mystery. Don't worry if you can't figure it out. Nobody else can either. So God was with her spiritually because his presence was there with her, but God was with her practically because Jesus, the son of God, was placed in her womb. You remember what happened when a little while later she went to go see Elizabeth, cousins, and Elizabeth is six months pregnant with, with uh, John the Baptist right now. And when Mary walks in the room, the, the, Elizabeth records in the scripture that her baby leapt in her womb. Now you ladies, isn't that cool that have had children? Here, feel right here. And there's a foot sticking out and it moves around and it probably wasn't feeling really good to you at the time, but it's good for all the rest of us because we can feel the baby moving and just the, the joy of, of a little baby. But Elizabeth knew the difference in this a movement of a child and this baby jumping up and down inside of her. You remember the words she said, what is this that the mother of my Lord would come to see me? I just think that's a great, great thing. The John the Baptist in his mother, Elizabeth's womb, recognized Jesus, the son of God, in his mother, Mary's womb, and leapt before they're ever born. Don't let anybody ever tell you an unborn child is not a child. Was God with Mary and Joseph? He was. He was spiritually, and he literally was physically, personally there. Was Jesus with the apostles? He was, the early church. He was there practically. He became a real man. He lived with him. They ate with him. They could touch him. They could hear him, see him, talk with him. Jesus was with them practically, but he was also with them spiritually, the Bible says about the apostles, uh, they took knowledge that these people had been with Jesus. Were you ever tell, told by your parents, you need to be careful about who you're running around with? What were they meaning by that? Can p the people we run around with, can they either be a great encouragement to us or the opposite? The scripture in the New Testament says, bad company corrupts good morals. Can some of your friends get you in trouble sometime? That just happens, doesn't it? Can your brother or sister, how many of you have more than one brother or sister here tonight? Raise your hand. We're going to have a special prayer for you before we leave tonight. Uh, siblings, sibling rivalry, rivalry, rivalry and uh, my goodness, my little brother and I argued about everything. We argued about whether it was day or night. It didn't matter what we were going to argue until we were about 19 years old. We've never had a crossword since. They took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. You've been with somebody because it's rubbing off on you. And I'm thankful that Mary and Joseph knew that God was with them. First, by the Spirit, and secondly, by the presence of Jesus. John 1.14 says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The presence of God was with the world, and then God sent his Son to be practically in the world. So we see a bookend in the beginning of the scripture. God was with Adam and Eve. Even after they were put out of the garden, God still was with them and promised about there's gonna be one that would come literally to be with them to save them from their sins. Well, now he tells Mary and Joseph in verse 21, 
Don't be afraid, Joseph, to take her to be your wife. She shall bear a son. This is the first sonogram. Did you know that? You didn't have to have a reveal party to know if it's going to be a boy or a girl because the Holy Spirit just told her. When our second child was born, which is her birthday. Katie, if you happen to be listening, she's probably not listening. But if you're listening here tonight uh, from further down south, happy birthday, Katie. She is our daughter who's 27 years old. When she was born, my wife was, she was a rock star. I'm, uh, I'm telling you what, God, you ladies, it, God gives you the strength to have babies. You are something else. And my wife had been in 17 hours of labor. Not too bad, but not too easy. Um, she was worn out. It's about one o'clock in the morning. The baby was worn out. I was worn out, but it, I didn't matter. And we were so tired and so... Uh, had been there so long and going through all that process that finally the doctor says, okay, baby's healthy, looks great. And we were just so relieved and thankful. And my wife looks up finally and says, well, find out what it is. We didn't have all these reveal parties. We said, we don't want to know. We want to know at the moment. And so I had to, you know, be like this great dad that's got everything under control. Oh, by the way, doc, <laughs> nurses, what is it? And we'd already had a son, and this was a baby girl. And so I told my, my, my wife, it's a baby girl. And she started to cry, and I started to cry more. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful time. Here, God reveals, you're going to have a son. You don't have to wait to find out. You're going to have a boy, and I've got already a name picked out. We want you to call him Jesus. Now, Jesus means the Lord saves, for he will save his people from their sins. Was God with Mary and Joseph? He certainly was. He was in the spirit and he was practically. Look at verse 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin. Now this is a prophecy, and you're probably very familiar with this, but there are near and far prophecies in the Bible. There are some prophecies that pertain to right now, but they also are talking about something in the future. They are just as true now as they are in the future. There are some prophecies that are double prophecies. They are for, uh, for a certain moment in history, but that same prophecy is not necessarily gonna be uh, fulfilled later. It is gonna be a fulfilling of that prophecy at another time. Let me describe to you. In Joel chapter two, Joel chapter two, hundreds of years before Christ came, the Holy Spirit was given. Uh, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your young men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall see visions. Upon your handmaids and your handservants, they shall prophesy. But at the end of that prophecy in Joel, it talks about the sun and the moon becoming blood and becoming dark. Well, that hasn't happened yet. But in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit was given, Peter stands up and said, hey guys, what you're seeing is what was prophesied in Joel. So it was prophesied hundreds of years before Christ. It came to pass in Acts chapter two, but it is a prophecy that is continually and will be finally fulfilled at a later time. Well, this is a double prophecy talking about a literal baby born of a king in the Old Testament you're probably familiar with the northern and southern kingdoms. Uh, Judah's in the southern kingdom, but uh, King Ahaz was, was not a good king. And the people of God were in trouble. 
they had uh, turned away from God and God was going to talk about that I'm going to fix the situation you're in. I'm going to fix it. And God's saying, I'm going to come and be with you. And before a certain amount of time, uh, he's going to turn hearts of the people. They're going to be shaken like the trees of the forest are going to be shaken by the wind. And God was going to turn their hearts back to him. A literal, literal prophecy of a long time ago. But that prophecy we see now of Isaiah 7, 14, we see uh, here in the gospel saying, this is what was prophesied. The virgin, this was a literal boy and a king of the Old Testament, but it also applied to Mary and Jesus later to come. So Jesus was with Mary and Joseph. What about us? He came and he lived on this earth. Uh, when he was raised from the dead, Mary Magdalene wanted to hold on to him and he said, don't hold on to me, cling to me. I've got to go back to your father and to my father, but I will not leave you comfortless. You remember what he told his disciples? I'm going to go to the Father, but he will send you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was with them personally, practically, and now he's with us by his Spirit. Same way he was with Mary and Joseph, in the Spirit and practically in the flesh. Jesus now was in the flesh with the church, the apostles in the beginning of the church, and now he is with us spiritually by the presence of the Holy Spirit. We started out in the Bible, God's with them. How are we going to end up? Well, right in the middle of the scripture here, we find out, name him Emmanuel. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be a child, bear a son. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Think about the New Testament with me. In Hebrews 13, Jesus said, I will never leave you, desert you, forsake you. What did he promise? Church, I'm going to be with you. Started out in the Bible, God was with them. Here in Jesus, his name means God with us. Jesus lived, I promise you I'm going to be with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never run out on you. Do you know that's the message of Christmas? There's a lot of people lonely at Christmas time, aren't there? Let's just be honest. There are. There are people this year who have loved ones that have passed away, and they're going to be sad because they're not there. There are going to be some families who had little babies that didn't live. There are going to be parents and grandparents who are no longer there. There are going to be spouses that are no longer with their, their husband or wife. It's a sad, sad time. But here, Jesus says, I will be with you. And I think about little children that are growing up in very dangerous situations right now. They don't have a mom or a dad that loves them and takes them to church and feeds them and bathes them and takes care of them. And guys, if, if, you're, if you're not aware that that's like that, come go with us. Come and go see some of those children. You'll want to take them all home to see what some of them are going through. It just breaks your heart, literally. But Jesus said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. In John chapter 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm gonna go and prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be with me. You know what Jesus said? I want you to be with me. I wanna be with you. The message of Christmas is that God chose us to be with us. I wanna be with you. 
Somebody may feel lonely here tonight. People in prison right now, they feel lonely. People in hospitals, they feel lonely. This last year with COVID, can you imagine what that was like? Some of you say, yes, I can. To have loved ones inside the hospital who could not get hugged by their family. They had to put their hand on a window while somebody looked through a window. Think about those who have dementia and they're, they're afraid anyway. And their family could not get close to them even when many of them passed away. What did they want? I just want my family around me. I just want my family with me. Well, that's the message of Christmas. God says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. God with us. And he named Jesus that to remind us, I'm right here with you. You've gone through some tough times in your life. If you're a believer, you did not go through them alone. Jesus was right there with you. He will not run out on you. How many of you have had a friend run out on you before? Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? The one you expected to stand with you? And they weren't. That's not Jesus. He said, I'm with you. His very name proves it. In John 17, the high priestly prayer, Father, would you let them be with me where I was, where I am? Would you let them be with us? That was his prayer. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, Paul says, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. I had lunch with one of the elder statesmen of the church the other day, and he was just talking about heaven, and he just started to cry at 88 years old. We were having a good lunch, and he, he just started bawling, and I thought, what is everybody in the restaurant going to think, you know? Uh, Jared was there with us, but you know what he, was, what he was crying about? Heaven. And he just said, I can't wait to get there. And I know if you're 18, or you're 24, or you're 32, you might not be thinking, hope it happens today. But I want to promise you is every one of those birthdays go around, it's going to get closer and closer. And you're going to say, come Lord Jesus, I'm ready. I want to go be with you. Revelation 21.3 says, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. God says, you come to my house. You come to my house. You're with me. Were you ever on a playground and they were picking sides for teams? You never wanted to be the last one, right? It's okay if you're the last one. But we wanted to be with them. We wanted to be on the team. Well, God says, you're on my team. I choose you. You'll be with me. He was in the spirit with Mary and Joseph. And then he was practically in Mary's womb. They raised him as a little boy. He grew up. He was with them personally. He was in the spirit with the beginning of the apostles and the disciples. But he was there with them personally. And he led the church and began the church. And as he went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with him spiritually. For one second, would you think about when you first trusted Christ? I know where I was. I know the spot of ground. I can tell you the, probably the, I can find the coordinates of where our house was. It's no longer there. I can tell you what I prayed. I can tell you how I felt. And I was eight years old when I felt the burden of my sins lifted off of me and I was born again. Could I have talked to you about hermodiology, soteriology, pneumatology? I could have told you any of those words. Justification, sanctification, glorification. I would, I would know. I didn't know. But I knew I was not the same. God was with me. And he's been with me ever since. If you're here tonight and you've never experienced that, come and talk with us, man. We're ready to pray with you. That's what Christmas is all about. God says, no, I'll come and be with you. Well, my friends don't stand with me. I know, but I will. My family might not have been with I know, but I will. That's the message of Christmas. And his very name 
means God with us. Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took Mary as his wife. And guys, notice this verse 25. He kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. Jesus was not only going to be conceived inside of a virgin's womb, a virgin was going to give birth to him. And Joseph did not defile that relationship until after that year was up, then the wedding night could be accomplished, the next stage of a Jewish marriage, and Jesus was going to be born of a woman who had never been with a man. Now that's pretty cool. God with us. He kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and then he called his name Jesus. You know, a while ago when I told you, find out what it was, my, my wife said. Find out whether it's a boy or girl. And we finally found out it's a girl, and she started crying. Do you know what she wanted to know? She wanted a bald baby. Isn't that funny? I think most blonde people are bald, you know, when they're born maybe. Well, both of our kids had all this hair, you know, look like Bert and Ernie. So it wasn't bald at all. So she, she just cried more. But we sure love that girl and our son. And we got to take them home with us. Did you know that? They got to go be with us. That's what God says. That's what Christmas is all about. God with us. God's not up there aloof somewhere that we can't hear him and see him and find out anything about him, not know whether he cares. He's with us and he's with you. And I pray that you have the best Christmas that you ever had. You know what? You can't fix the Christmas for America. You can't fix Christmas for what's happening in our government and on the television and in our culture and our society. But you know what you can do? You can make Christmas the best Christmas that's ever been in your family, with your friends, in your house. I pray that you make this the best Christmas that you've ever experienced just by trusting and thanking Jesus that he's with us. I want to close early tonight, but I want to read the words of Charles Spurgeon over 140 years ago. You know, it's good to go back sometimes. Now, we started in the Bible. God was with them. They broke his word. He still stayed with them and helped them. Genesis 3.15, there's going to be one going to crush this, the serpent's head. Where I'm going to come be with you. Christmas in, in the, the fullness of time, Galatians says, God sent forth his son. I'm with you. He was with Mary and Joseph. He was with the disciples. He was with the apostles. He died on the cross of Calvary. And he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to go back to the Father. But he's going to send the Holy Spirit that he may be with you. I'll never leave you, forsake you. I'm going to prepare a place for you because I want you to be with me. You know how the Bible ends? Come, Lord Jesus. John says, I want you to be with me. The book ends of the scripture. God's with us and God's with us. Jesus is coming back. He's never failed any of his word. He could come back tonight. Are you ready? Because God wants to be with us us. One of the greatest things about Christmas. Greatest message. He chooses to be with us. Listen to these words written a long time ago, but listen to what he said. Emmanuel, it's wisdom's mystery. God with us. Sages look at it and wonder. Angels desire to see it. The plumb line of reason cannot reach halfway into its depths. The eagle wing of science cannot fly so high. The piercing eye of the vulture of research cannot see it. God with us. It's hell's terror. 
Satan trembles at the sound of it. His legions fly apace. The black-winged dragon of the pit quails before it. Let him come to you suddenly and do you but whisper that word, God with us. He's describing what Satan would desire. He wants us to be separated from God. And all we have to do is to say, no, Jesus is right here with me. And the enemy has to leave. It's the laborer's strength. How could he preach the gospel? How could he bend his knees in prayer? How could the missionary go into foreign lands? How could the martyr stand at the stake? How could the confessor own his master? How could men labor if that one word were taken away, God with us? Tommy, when he went through that depression, he said, if I can know God's with me, that's all that matters. If I know he's still here, I can get through it. Tis the sufferer's comfort, tis the balm of his woe, tis the alleviation of his misery, tis the sleep which God gives to his beloved, tis their rest after exertion and toil, ah, to finish God with us. Tis eternity's sonnet till heaven's hallelujah. Tis the shout of the glorified, tis the song of the redeemed, tis the chorus of angels, tis the everlasting Ontario of the great orchestra of the sky. God with us. Spurgeon says it's everything. The fact that God loved us enough to say, I'm with you. May you have the most blessed Christmas you've ever had because of what his name is, Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for these words and I just ask you to bless these dear people here tonight. Visitors, those online that are listening, those that might have come for the very first time or those, <coughs> those that have been here faithfully for a long, long time. Bless us, Lord. And I thank you that you've chosen to be with us. We sing songs like, I'll be home for Christmas. And it is such a blessing to be around people that we love. But oh, Jesus, we want to be with you. Father, thank you for loving us enough that you gave your only son. Thank you that you began in this Bible saying, I'm with you, Adam and Eve. And at the very last page, you spoke to the Apostle John, come, Lord Jesus, I want to be with you. If there's someone here tonight that's never been saved, Christmas time is a wonderful time to come to know our Lord and Savior. God with us. Thank you, Lord. You chose to be with us. In your name we pray. Amen.